Welcome to Island Baptist Church. Bill's lesson today is in Luke chapter 12 and 13, titled Jesus and Justice. Amen. Good morning. Book of Luke, chapter 12. Going to finish the chapter today. Going to, yeah, who knows? Who would have known, right? Can you really get to the end of it? Like I said, the strange thing, one of the strange things about this chapter is that it takes us three months to get through what Jesus said in about 15 minutes or less. Uh, so we, we sort of lose some of the context when you don't hear it, you know, totally. But, but I would rather uh, spend time breaking down each one of these verses because we need to hear and understand uh, the things that are being said here. Luke chapter 12, we're going to be down in verse 49. How, how many of you prefer justice over injustice? Kind of a dumb question, right? I mean, surely, uh, it, I, in fact, I think you could ask a criminal the same question and get the same answer. Uh, they, they, of course, they don't want justice for themselves, but of course, if somebody's done them wrong, they, you know, they want justice. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of a crazy question, and we, we have it, that built into our DNA. Uh, we love justice. There was a, a circuit judge, uh, Daniel Rosat, back in 2009, who administered justice in a very unusual way. He... Um, he sentenced a guy to six months in prison for yawning in his courtroom. Uh, true story. Uh, Clifton Williams was uh, standing trial, and had, was, it was his sentencing day. He was being sentenced to two years uh, probation for felony possession of uh, controlled subjects, uh, uh, drugs. And... Uh, Mr. Williams' cousin showed up to the court hearing just for the sake of the... And, and during the time that the judge was reading the sentence, uh, his cousin raised his hands like this and went like that. The judge had a problem with that. He found him in contempt of court, put him in jail for six months. Not the first time this judge has uh, either sent people to jail or fined them in particular a number of times for allowing their cell phones to ring, uh, during which it very clearly says, do not turn off all cell phones, no, you know. Anyway, uh, not sure if that's justice or not, but uh, you know, there's a part of me that says, yeah, we ought to respect uh, what's right and respect what's wrong. And, and like I said, we have it built into our DNA to a certain degree because it's part of the, some of the things that are remaining, at least left over that we retain from being made in the image of God because God very much wants justice. Take a look with me here. Jesus speaking here in verse 49. We saw this last time, but we focused on different things, and I want us to focus on what Jesus says here about justice. I've come to cast fire upon the earth, and oh, how I wish it were kindled. What a statement. That's an amazing statement. That's the fires of justice. It's the things to be set right. Fire is the declarer of what is good and what isn't. He's just saying, man, I so wished that things were set right. As much as you and I want justice, I'm telling you, there's one who wants it more. And that's God and the Son of God. Very much wants justice. And these are the fires of justice burning. We saw these verses last time we were together. Indeed, I baptized you, John the Baptist speaking here. I baptized you with water under repentance. That's, that's a nice baptism. But he who coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Two mediums of full immersion. Eternity is going to be a place of full immersion. We talked about that last time. You're going to be baptized fully in the Holy Spirit. Never to let up. You're not coming up from that. Or you're going to be fully immersed in fire. Never to come up. 
he continues to speak about Jesus, his winnowing fork, using a different analogy, his winnowing fork. So when they would, when they would uh, gather grain, the grain, of course, they would cut the grains down with the stalks, and all the grain and the stalks would be piled in a pile in a flat place, and they would have it in a prevailing place where the winds could blow. And they would take uh, pitchforks, and they would run it underneath the grain and, the, and all the chaff, and they would throw the whole thing up in the air. Well, the heavy grain, the idea is heavy grain would fall down back on the place where they were winnowing, and that the, the, the chaff would blow down wind. And so what you wound up with was two piles. These two piles represent every last person on the planet. Notice John describes Jesus' work of uh, justice. His winnowing fan is in his, that's the, the pitchfork, in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The fires of justice. God loves us doesn't want us to be on the wrong side of that justice. Because it tells us here in 2 Peter. I'm sorry, that's, uh, that's not 2 Peter. Let's keep going. There it is. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, want, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, that's, he doesn't want you to be on the wrong side of this. But it still doesn't mean it's not coming. He's not slow. He's not putting it off. I mean, it's a set time. We look around and say, how could a good God allow this stuff to keep going? Well, because, because of that. He doesn't, really doesn't want us to be on the wrong side of this. He really doesn't. But he, he endures injustice uh, for a time, not forever, but for a time. But, but, but what if, what about those who don't repent? You understand justice is a separation. There's going to be two piles. The one, the, them that do and them that don't, Right? The ones that repent, that's what he wants. The ones that don't, that's not what he wants. But they will get what they want. Jesus is the Savior and a full expression of God's love. And John 3.16 is no, no better statement than that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. How, how much more can he do for us? How much more can he say? How, can he demonstrate that he doesn't want us to receive the justice that, that we truly deserve? He so loved us that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But what about those who don't believe? It's going to be two piles. There's going to be two piles. One's that God keeps, the other that he burns with unquenchable fire. Justice requires a clear demarcation between those who do right and those who do wrong. I mean, when the, righteousness, when the righteous are being treated just like the unrighteous, and the unrighteous had the same privileges as the righteous. Can you see the problem? Jesus says, I long for it. I wished it was already here. I've, I've come to do that. I've come to bring justice. But before he can bring justice, he has to take justice upon himself. You can understand how much he wants justice to come. Uh, one of the worst, if not the worst, uh, accident, uh, uh, tragedy that took place ever in a nightclub took place on... February 17, 2003, in Chicago's South Side, 21 people crushed to death. Uh, they were in a nightclub with hundreds and hundreds of people, way more than people that should have been allowed, and then this big uh, brawl broke out, and uh, bad decision, but the, the security guards that were in the place decided to clear the place out by spraying uh, mace on everybody, whether you were fighting or not, they just basically filled, they put on masks and filled the whole room full of mace, just started spraying everywhere. Well, this caused a massive stampede, and there was only one exit, and it was down a long flight of stairs. 
And so what happened is that people were exiting very rapidly. If somebody fell, they tripped the next person who landed on them, who the next person landed on them, the next person landed on them, and ultimately 21 people lost their lives that night. One of those was a young man by the name of Deshaun Ray. Deshaun Ray uh, was a young man who was about to finish his degree in broadcast journalism there in Chicago. His dad, Deshaun Ray Sr., has been seeking justice ever since, hasn't gotten it. No one to this day has been blamed for the tragedy. Nobody arraigned, nobody sent to jail, nobody fined. And, and, and here's the problem. Uh, uh, they allowed five times too many people in the nightclub. Uh, the exit, the other exit was locked. So that's the reason why most of the people went down these stairs. Uh, the city of Chicago, of course, failed to enforce their building code violations. The, the DJ, who was the main guy, uh, uh, incited the, the, the uh, security guards. said, why don't you just spray them all with mace? And so that's what they did. Now, more than 20 years or almost 20 years later, no one has been arraigned. No one fined. And uh, Deshaun Ray Sr. continues to seek for justice. And they were asking him, it's been 20 years or almost 20 years. And he said, my son loved me and he trusted me. How can I stop seeking real justice? How can I be, he said these words, if I didn't want justice, what kind of father would I be? It's a great statement, great question. If God didn't want justice in a world that's full of injustice, what kind of father? What kind of father would he be? Our unholiness, we're not holy, longs for justice. What must it be like to be holy? What must it be like to be God? You could hear it in the words of Jesus, how I wished it was here. I wished it was. Don't you wish? Don't you wish? I, I, probably in the last three years, I've wished more for justice than I ever have. Because I see so much stuff, at least as far as I can tell, that looks so wrong. Why can't they do something? Why can't they stop this? Why can't they change this? And praise God for our, our Supreme Court this week, I mean, deciding for... Uh, against abortion that should have never been there but, but there's a part of me that's excited about it. there's another part of me that says we went 50 years that way because that's really our hearts it's not my heart I hope it's not your heart but but it's it's our nation's heart nothing really changed you know that right I mean we got a law now my tax money at least is not being used on a federal level for something like that but nothing's really changed how, how I wished that I can see every liar, every manipulator, every abuser, every person bent on evil and up to no good and deciding to do nothing but good, to be found out, to be hung out to dry, that would be a great day. And I'm unholy. I'm not holy. Jesus is. Don't you wish? How much do you think he wished? God, God loves justice. He loves it. He has told you, mortal one, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God. I mean, you got people living in his universe, all of us, I guess, in his earth and breathing his air and eating his food and living off of his borrowed time and using all that as cannon fodder to blaspheme his name. You imagine what that's like? How long have you lived? 55 for me. And I'm getting more ticked as the years go by. How long has God endured this? Thousands of years. You see, I just know, you know, a narrow window. And even that stuff I don't really know very well because who knows who's lying to me and I'm not, you know, I 
Not a very good discerner of things necessarily. But God sees everything. Every heart. Every decision. Every word spoken. Every deed done. Every good deed withheld. He sees it all. Can you possibly, could we possibly imagine what it's like to be God? What it's like to be the Son of God? How badly He must want things to be set right, but there is something that He wants more. We've already talked about that. That we not be on the wrong side of that justice. How badly does He want justice? Well, terribly. But He wants something even more terribly. Notice verse 50. Now, I wish that it was kindled, verse 49, that, that fire of justice, but I have a baptism to undergo and how I distressed I am until it's accomplished. Some great statements. How I wish it were kindled, how distressed I am until it comes. Of course, he's speaking of his crucifixion. He's speaking of, us, of him going in ahead of us. So as bad as God wants justice, he even more badly doesn't want it for us, for everybody. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what he wants. Jesus goes in first. Before anything or anyone is immersed in the fires of the justice of God, the Son of God was immersed. The Son of God went in before us. He goes in first. Eternity is going to be a place of full immersion. We saw that, again, back in Matthew 3, uh, 11 and 12. He's going to clear his threshing floor and the wheat in the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. There's going to be two piles. But see, he's trying to keep the chaff pile as low as he possibly can. How important is the message that Jesus has left for his church to convey? God himself has gone into the fire of justice. We, we all sit around and say, why can't they do something? Why can't they fix this? When is justice going to come? We, we, we feel it. Can you feel it? It can't keep going like this. It, it can't keep going. It, it's headed downhill. The bottom is coming. It's not an infinite downhill run. There's a bottom. Anybody with any sense can see it. You, you just, it just can't keep going on like this. It can't. It cannot. How important is the message that the one who is going to bring the bottom already went there first? He already went there. How, how incredibly important is the message of the church that God himself has taken our place? He's taken our justice. Yeah, he's going to separate everything, but he would rather you be in the pile of the wheat. He'd rather you be in the pile with the Holy Spirit baptism, fully immersed, than the immersion of the fire. How do we know that? He didn't stand in heaven and say, I love all you people. Hope you make a good decision. No. Went ahead of us. He went ahead of us. How distressed, he says, I am. Until his accomplishment. In the Garden of Eden, Garden of Gethsemane, his distress was so high that he sweated blood. It's an actual physical condition. It happens to very few people. Your blood pressure is so high, heart rate is so high, tension is so high that the capillaries begin to break and go into the sweat glands and begin to come out onto your skin. You're not far from it. By the way, most people that we know have ever done that, you know, we're dead pretty quick. You're, you're cratering at that point. Jesus, of course, lives long enough to go to the cross. But, but notice, according to what he's saying here, it wasn't at the Garden of Gethsemane that he started sweating. Sweating it the whole time. He knows what he's got to do. He knows what the Scriptures have to say. 
about what he was going to do. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6, notice what it says here. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. This is what justice looks like, by the way. This is what full immersion looks like. This is what the God of heaven looks like, taking what was coming for you and for me. This is what it looks like. Surely he has borne our griefs, Isaiah 53, and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. What's he doing over there? That stupid guy hanging on a cross? I cursed him. Oh, man. He was being fully immersed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Sheep are stupid, right? We have each turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's what full immersion looks like. That's what justice looks like. How, how can we, how, how could it be possible that the Son of God would sweat something like that because he knew it was coming, and yet we're not distressed at all? Our world sits around. I mean, you can ask, who doesn't want justice? Everybody does. Who can't see that it's headed somewhere to the bottom? Everybody sees it. But nobody's sweating it. He sweated it. He sweated it. Because listen, if he doesn't take your justice, what happened to him is going to happen to you. It won't be just a brief moment on a cross. It'll be forever. So, so we live in an era of God's forgiveness and peace. We, we live in an era in which he's still the prince of peace. We saw this last week. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Awesome, Prince of Peace, King of Peace. But, but, so, so we live in an era where God's peace is offered to us, but, but if you don't accept him as king, well, well, there's another pile. There's another stack for you. He came and preached peace. We saw this also. He came and preached peace to you who are far off and afar off and to those who were near. But what if you don't listen to him? What happens to those? Justice is coming. Justice is on the move. It has been ever since. Let's take a look at the warnings that Jesus gives here in the last part of the chapter, verses 54 through 56. And he was also saying to the multitudes, remember how many multitudes? They were all stepping on each other, just tens of thousands of people. Saying to the multitudes, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately, that's the direction where the weather comes from, immediately you say it's the Mediterranean direction. Immediately you say, a shower is coming, and so it turns out. East wind for them, if you're reading the scriptures, and east comes off the Saudi Arabian desert, no, no water comes from there. West wind, cloud from the west. He says, you're, you're all weathermen here. You can tell. It's getting pretty dark outside. What do you do? You better bring the chickens and goats and everybody and the kids in the house. It's going to come a rain, right? When you see the south wind blowing, you say, well, it's going to be hot, because that's, like I said, desert down there. And it turns out that way. You hypocrites, you know how to analyze the appearance of the sky, earth and the sky, but why do you not analyze the present time? We're, we're all weathermen here, right? Weather women? We got storms building in this time of year. What happens in the Gulf of Mexico? You got a 90-degree te surface temperature? Trade winds start moving in from the, 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 the uh, African coast. We know, right? Windstorm insurance, make sure you paid that. Make sure you got all your, you know, got everything together. Have a list of stuff that you want to pack out. 
so that you can run. It's just the way it is. It's part of what means living on the coast. Those of the Midwest, you look in the, in the west or to the north and you see a big black cow with a big ring on the bottom. It looks kind of green. Find the root cellar, right? How, how long have you known that kind of stuff? Since a kid. Since a child. You can hear the thunder. You know what to do. We know how to come in out of the rain. That's what Jesus is saying. Listen, you know how to come in out of the rain. And yet you see the culture and the situation and the, and the circumstances and you can't read that to see, hey, we're headed somewhere bad. We're headed to a collision here. We're headed to the bottom. Can't you see that? One of the dumbest animals in the barnyard, of course, is sheep. But one of the dumbest, almost equal to it, is a domesticated turkey. Anybody ever raised domesticated turkeys? They are so ignorant. They were literally stand in a barnyard in a thunderstorm with their head held up and water running down their nose and drowned to death. They really, you've got to go get them. They will literally do that. That is dumb. That is what Jesus is saying. You, 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 have no, you have sense enough to come in from the physical rain, but you can't see the spiritual conditions of the world. It's like a bunch of turkeys standing out there waiting for something to fall on your head. And it's fallen. It really is. Can't you see where we're headed? Verse 57, he concludes the chapter. And why do you not even judge your own from your own, your own initiative, judge what is right? Can't, can't you see? You, you can't keep doing wrong. The world can't keep doing wrong and something not happen. It's going to happen. For, for while you're going with your opponent and appear before your magistrate on your way there, make an effort to settle with him in order that you may not drag, he might not drag you before the judge and the judge turn you over to the constable. And the constable throw you into the prison. I say to you, shall not get out of there until you have paid the very last cent. There, there's something in us that says, you know, we shouldn't do that. You know, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't act like that. I shouldn't go there. I shouldn't treat people like that. I shouldn't make decisions like that. There's something in us. It's called a consciousness that's directed by the Spirit of God that tells us, you know, that's a bad idea. You're going to pay for that. It's coming. There's something telling us, hey, the court is about to sit. He says, listen, since you can see it, do something about it. Do something about it, because, because once we get there, it's going to be over. Justice is coming. Jesus longs for, I'm telling you, if the God and the Son of God and the Spirit of God long for justice, oh boy, there's one thing for you and I to want it. Not much we can do. It's another thing for the God of the universe to want it. It's coming. It's coming. Let's say I've got a middle school student who assaults another middle school student. What happens to him? He goes to detention. They both do. But while he's in detention for a couple of weeks, he assaults the teacher in detention. Now what happens? It's the same offense. Out, right? It's appropriate. So they call the police to come and take him back to his mom and dad, and while he's in getting put into the police car, he assaults a policeman. Now what happens? Oh. Now he gets put in the back, but he doesn't get to go home. He gets to go to jail. It's the same offense. It's the same offense. Years later, this same boy, now a man, goes to a large gathering of people where the President of the United States is going to be speaking. And as the President passes by, he jumps out of the crowd and assaults the president 
Now what happens to him? There's some guys with guns who say, you don't get to do that to our president. So, so with the same offense, in the one hand, depending on who he offended, he got sent to detention. On the other hand, he gets shot to death. In every case, the punishment is appropriate, even though the crime is exactly the same. So, so what comes from sinning against the holy God? See eternal destruction. Same offense, right? Yeah, but different person. Different person. So, so consider the charges, Jesus says. Consider them. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Consider the, consider the evidence. Back to chapter 12, look, look at verse 2. There's nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will be not, not be known. Now we're headed to a court date. It's going to be really thorough. God of justice is going to be just. Everything. He's been waiting for this, longing, Jesus says, how I wished it was already kindled, the fires of justice. Nothing will be covered up that would not be revealed, hidden that would not be made known. According to whatever you say, said in the dark shall be heard in the light. Whatever you've whispered in the inner room shall be claimed, proclaimed from the rooftops. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will warn you, whom to fear. Fear the one after he is killed has the authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Consider the charges, consider the evidence, consider the outcome. Do something about it. Do something. Sit around waiting for the hammer to fall. No. The good news is, is that the hammer's already fallen on God's son so that it doesn't have to hit you. But you have to accept what he did. Eternity is going to be based. You're going to be. Everybody's going to pay for their, every sin is going to be paid for. Either it's going to be paid for by the Son of God, or it's going to be paid for by you. You have this life to make that decision. I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we think about what Jesus is teaching us here. How He longs for justice. We long for justice. We're excited when it happens. How much more the holiness of God. God's desire, deep longing, is that justice would come to this earth. And that's exciting as long as you're not on the wrong side of that justice. God doesn't want that for you. God so loved you that he sent his one and only son that if you would believe him, that if you would trust him, you will have everlasting life. Would you trust him today? Would you put your faith in him today? God, I thank you for taking our justice. I thank you as badly as we would long to see justice, as badly as we think justice would be such a great thing. It's got no, nowhere close. Nowhere close to how you feel about it. Lord, as we see the impending days coming, the bottom coming, Justice coming. I pray it would be on the right side of that justice. Thank you, God, for providing the way out. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptistchurch.org.